So we're continuing a series together um, called Beat That Attitude, uh, focusing on the Beatitudes and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And the reminder again, as we start a new year, often we think about, you know, reprioritizing, reimagining what our life can look like, assessing, thinking about what's going on. How do we want to change and be better in the new year? And one of those things is we have to address our character, right? Our attitudes, our actions, the things underneath the hood, what's going on in our lives that we can be better at, that we need to be different at, that we need to start doing or stop doing. And so we're continuing in this series by looking at this text. But to understand one of the things that we're looking, been looking at today, just to remind you, so a few years ago, um, my, my, my family, uh, my, my wife and kids, we would go to Canada, originally from Canada, and so we'd go to visit my, my, my wife's um, dad. So he would take us out for dinner. And so my kid, he decided this was the year he was going to introduce them to a buffet house, right? So I don't know if you've ever been to a buffet house before, but my kids had never, ever been to a buffet house. So that when they went into the space... It was like their minds were blown, like all of their favorite foods in one place at the same time, right? Chicken wings and mac and cheese and cake and donuts and pasta and burgers and, all, I mean, everything you can imagine in one place. They just couldn't imagine. Like, all this stuff is here and I can eat as much as I want of it? This is crazy, right? And so you know what happens, right, in this moment, right? They go around, it's like endless supplies of cookies, endless supplies of cake, endless supplies of mac and cheese, endless supplies of chicken wings, of burgers, all that stuff, right? They want to try everything, the Chinese food, the pizza, all of it. But two things happen in this moment, right? One, our eyes are bigger than our stomach, right? We're always going to put more on the plate than we're going to eat, always, right? So I'd always ask them. they come back with the second plate, are you going to eat all that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, that didn't happen. And at the end, you just, you just know, like, you leave and you're just like, I, like, if I took another sip of water, I probably would explode, right? <laughs> but here's what happens in that, the moment. It's not just that our eyes are bigger than our stomach and we bite off more than we can chew in that moment. We take all this stuff out. We don't eat it all. Here's what happens. And scientists t- tell us this, right? If we find ourselves in this moment eating so much, what happens later is an hour later, we're often hungry, because we so expanded our stomach and we digest and then our stomach is empty and it needs to be refilled. So two things are happening. We're filling ourselves with food that's probably not good for us. I mean, we're not choosing like, oh, I can't wait to have more of that broccoli, right? I can't wait to have more of that salad. No, we're going straight for the dessert bar, right? Because I know there might not be cheesecake tomorrow, right? I know that there might not be donuts tomorrow. So I'm going get, to get them now. We're filling ourselves with food that's not good for us. But secondly, we're expanding our stomachs and finding ourselves hungry constantly, right? And so this is a problem, right? Finding ourselves always hungry and then trying to fill that hunger with things that are not good for us. Much like that situation with a buffet house, we find in our spiritual lives. We find ourselves in situations where we are constantly hungry, but trying to fill that hunger with things that are not meant to satisfy. Not meant to satisfy. You see, many of us find ourselves in this space not satisfied, not fulfilled, not settled, not stable, not strong, because we are trying to fill that hunger with things that will never satisfy that will never satisfy. So what we're going to do today is look at one text, one verse of Scripture in this 
teaching from Jesus called the Beatitudes, probably his most famous instruction. But to do that, we're going to stand now, and I'm going to read a text to us that Jesus references to give us insight into what he's talking about in terms of how we think about our appetites today. So our teaching, our text as a foundation comes to us from Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 to 5. Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 to 5. And it says this. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yet, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did this to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Some of us find ourselves... That was Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 to 5. 8, yeah, Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 5, yes. Find ourselves in the space never satisfied. Never satisfied. Because we're trying to fill that hunger with things that are not meant to do so. And so what Jesus is going to do now in this one verse that he's going to pick up on from that Old Testament teaching comes to us from Matthew 5, verse 6. And I love the New Living Translation. I think I've said this before, but it's good to have a number of translations that remind us of the, just the nuance, the beauty, the, the complexity of what God's trying to teach us in these verses. And so in the New Living Translation, as Matthew 5, verse 6 teaches us, it says this, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. And why I like the way the New Living Translation puts it is because it puts the location of the blessing on God, right? We often read as blessed are those, right? And we somehow think that the blessing comes through what I do. But the blessing comes from God. The blessing comes from God. We cannot take credit for the blessing because one of two things is happening, likely both. One, it's God who's doing the providing. It's God who's doing the providing. And secondly, it's God who gives the power. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Where does that blessing come from? It comes from God. Where does the power come from to hunger and thirst for righteousness? It comes from God. God blesses those. So it's important we understand what's being taught in this text. It's not, I do my part so that God does his part. No, 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 no. God does it all, and I trust him. And so what we're going to learn today is God is going to address our appetites. He's going to address our appetites. Because again, here's the reality. We long for things that won't satisfy. We hunger for things that will never provide that deep, 
that meeting that deep hunger. But we're not going to talk about the obvious things. I could talk about sex and drugs and all the things we know. Those are the easy, that's the easy stuff, right? That's the stuff we know. That's the stuff we know that we shouldn't pursue, right? Sex outside of its design, outside of its purpose, outside of its place, that, we, we know that. Drugs, we know that. We know that those are things that are going to harm us and hurt us. Those are the obvious things. I'm talking about the less obvious appetites that end up leading us into those dangerous places. The less obvious appetites that end up leading us into those dangerous places and making those dangerous choices. These are the things that God wants to address. The subtle hungers. The subtle hungers that end up driving us to make more destructive choices. God wants to address our appetites. And so again, as I said it before, we often hunger for things that can't satisfy. As C.S. Lewis, he wrote the Narnia series, uh, taught, taught us in his book, Mere Christianity, he talks about this extensively. Here's another thing, just to think about when we're thinking about addressing our appetites. Here's what God wants us to understand. It's often not that we're longing for bad things, it's that we're longing for good things too much. It's often not that we're longing for bad things, it's that we're longing for good things too much. It's that good things become ultimate things. And here's what I mean. I hunger for recognition. But I make recognition the most important thing. I mean, being recognized for the work is being the most important thing. And so when you don't recognize, you're in trouble. When I don't get the recognition that I deserve, that I think I deserve in that moment, I'm upset. Right? Why didn't you say thank you? Why didn't you recognize the work I did? Why didn't you notice what I did for you? Why didn't you say thank you for that gift? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? Because I'm craving recognition. I'm craving approval. I just want people to like me. Is it bad for people to like us? No. Is it bad to do things that we know that are going to be harmful to our soul so that person will like us? Absolutely. If craving approval is the most important thing, we're going to compromise our morals. We're going to compromise our standards. We're going to compromise what we know to be right and good. If craving approval is the most important thing. I want things to go my way. Right? I hunger and thirst for me always to get my way. It's my way or the highway. It's my decision. It's my priorities. It's my wants. It's my needs at the expense of you. You are in the way of me getting what I want and what I need. I thirst to get my way. I thirst to be right. To be right. What you need to know in this moment is that I'm right and you are wrong. Right? In every conversation, in every decision, in every argument, here's what needs to happen. I need to be right and you need to be wrong. I'm thirsting to be right. Hungering to be right. I'm hungering to get even. To get even. That person needs to be put in their place. That person needs to get what's coming to them. That person needs to be put down so I can be put up. That person doesn't deserve that promotion. That person doesn't deserve that gift. That person doesn't deserve that recognition. I want revenge is what I want. We hunger and thirst for revenge. I hunger and thirst for escape. I don't want to deal with the pain. I don't want to deal with the trouble. Many of us have derailed our lives because of this very thing. 
I don't want to deal with the mess of my life, so I'll run away to something else, to someone else. I, I hunger for escape, to numb, to forget the pain. I thirst for control. I have to have everything in its proper place at all the right times. I need to control the situation. I need to control this conversation. I need to control what people think of me. I need to control how things go. I need to control how people hear things. I need to control everything. I need to be in control. I hunger and thirst for control. When things don't go my way, trouble. Trouble. These are the underlying appetites that we have in our lives. I hunger for ease. In the work I do, so much difficulty ensues, right? Things never go the way you want, how they want, and right? And so when I go home, I just want things to be easy, right? I don't want my kids, I don't, I don't want pushback when I'm asking my kids to put their clothes away. I don't want pushback when I'm telling them they gotta make their bed. I don't want pushback when I make a decision about where we're going for dinner. I don't want pushback, I just want things to go easy. Fall in, fall in. I, but I crave it. And when my kids push back, instead of entering into a loving conversation with them, I'm like, I crack back instead of talking to them. I hunger and crave for ease. I find myself consuming so much of my time looking and searching for things that will never satisfy. Settling, pursuing. This relationship, this job, again, thinking about it again, it, it can even go into this thing like coming to church. I hunger and crave my spiritual fix. I just come here to church, I get my spiritual lift, and then I go out, and nothing changes because I just need my spiritual lift for Sunday. But nothing changes come Monday because I'm not really interested in the change. I just want the spiritual uplift. I hunger and thirst for that momentary hit to feel better, the spiritual hit but I don't really want to change on Monday. I hunger and thirst for things that will never satisfy. So the question is, what am I hungering and thirsting for today? What am I craving? And the way we know, the way we know that we're hungering and craving things that won't satisfy is check our emotions. Check our emotions. Am I easily agitated, bothered, annoyed, anxious, worried, fearful? Bothered by insignificant things. Bothered by subtle, un seemingly unimportant things. Because underneath the hood, there are cravings that are being unmet. Desires that are being unfulfilled. Things that I think are the most important. Jesus tells us, again, I, I talked about this last week. We have to think about the anti-blessing. It says, empty are those who hunger and crave for unimportant things, insignificant things. So what are I craving today? What am I thirsting for? But secondly, as Jesus tells us very clearly, if we're addressing our appetites, Jesus tells us blessing comes from the right appetite, the right appetite. He says again, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does he mean by this? Well, Jesus tells us simply a number of times, what is righteousness? It's to do what's right, what's good, what's appropriate. 
A number of translations talk about justice. Justice is the idea that everyone is getting what they need in the moment. What they, what they are intended to have as God designed it. Everything is working as God has designed it. Everyone, everything. And so I'm pursuing things that fix what's broken. Make right what's wrong. Blessing comes through the right appetite. And Jesus again tells us a number of times, if you look later on in Matthew 6, how do we know we're pursuing this right appetite? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew, 5 verse, in Matthew 6, verses 33 to 34, he says, But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. He says, so how do you know? How do you know you're pursuing those things? Well, here's the thing. When we're pursuing what God wants, here's a couple of indicators, right? And I was joking with the folks last night. So we're going with this idea of diet and eating. And so you look in the scriptures, all the times that Jesus and God talk about eating and drinking. So thinking about our spiritual life, here's what happens. How do we know we're pursuing God and his righteousness? How do we know we're pursuing justice? Well, here's a couple of indicators. We lose worry. We gain peace. We lose worry, we gain peace. Don't we want that kind of appetite for our soul? Don't we want that kind of appetite for our soul? We lose anxiety, we gain joy. Don't we want that kind of appetite for our soul? We lose anxiety, we gain joy. That's the kind of spiritual waistline that God wants us to have. Not filling ourselves with things that will never satisfy, but trusting his plan and purposes. And as we trust his plan and purposes, what we gain is joy and peace, self-control, a love for him and for others that transforms the way we live our life. We're filling ourselves with God's thoughts with God's plans, with God's ideas, with God's intentions. Blessing comes as we allow God to transform our appetites. And when this happens, I find myself less fighting for what I want and more working for what God wants. Instead of fighting for what I want, I'm working for what God wants. And what does God want? Again, boiling it down in his most simplest form, as Jesus has taught us again and again. What does God want? Love him, love our neighbor. It's not complicated. Love him by knowing him, pursuing a relationship with him. How do I know what God wants? I am intimately acquainted with his teachings. My desire is to be able to speak the words of God, to know the words of God. How would his word direct my steps, my thoughts, my intentions, my ideas, my dreams? This is what it means to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to have a heart to say, what would please God in this moment? And how do I know that? By going to his word. By going to his word. I find myself not needing to win arguments, but to extend love. If I'm pursuing righteousness and justice, I don't need to, in that moment, need to be right. You know what I need to do? I need to love. 
Now, sometimes that means both. I, sometimes I need to point out an, at something that is wrong, but I can do that in a way that is loving. There's a way in which I can do that that talks down to someone, or there's a way in which I can do it that brings them up. Brings them up. Brings them along. But if I'm more interested in winning arguments, I'm not pursuing righteousness. I'm pursuing pride. I'm pursuing standing over you, not standing with you. I find myself being able to forgive because I have been forgiven. I put it, uh, someone said, I was, I was out this week somewhere and said, you know, it talks about how hurt people hurt people, right? But helped people help people, right? But it also says forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people forgive. If I know that there is no sin that I can or will commit, have can or will commit that has not and will not be forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Do you think that changes the way I treat others? Because I know God sees it all. He sees it all. And he has chosen mysteriously and powerfully to forgive. That ought to change. No sin that anyone commits against us is as terrible as us sinning against a holy God. A holy God. Because the reality is, again, we settle for empty calories in our soul. Empty cal- I want revenge. We live in a culture that is more interested in vengeance than justice. More interested in vengeance than in justice. You have to be shown wrong. No, no, no. You have to be restored. There's a big difference between you getting what's yours and you getting restoration. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't need to be corrected. That just means that correction leads to change. That's justice. That's justice. We're more interested in revenge and gossip and anxiety and fear. We drink it in. We take it in. And Jesus is saying, you're missing the blessing. Turn those things to me. Give those things to me. A pastor, years and years and years ago, and we think about this, pursuing justice and righteousness, and he just said, when someone sins against you, right, your wife, a close friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, anyone in your life, he told me this, right, it's very hard to stay mad at someone that you're praying for. It's very hard to stay mad at someone you're praying for. Right? Now, it, starts, it might start there. There's lots of psalms, right, that talk about, like, David is a hot mess before God. But it often comes around because, like, you know what? I've uncluttered my soul in this moment. I brought all this stuff to you. God, this is on you. This is on you now. So instead of me worrying about them getting their comeuppance, I'm going to entrust that to you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them. Blessing comes. Here's what happens. My soul is lifted. I no longer think that I need to fix this. I need to change this. I need to be some way. I need to do something. I'm trusting God with those things. I'm putting them in his hands. Again, blessing comes through changing our appetites. Maybe another one is convenience, right? I'm always choosing the easy way out. And God's saying, you got to choose the hard way. 
because the hard way is going to lead to deeper blessing. Now, let me give you an example about how this works. So I finished teaching last night on, on, on Facebook, did, did the same sermon on Facebook, and then I'm like, I'm going to get dinner for my kids. Right? So I walk into to McDonald's, and there's a bunch of kids not masked up. Ten kids standing out, outside. And you know all the McDonald's folks are rolling their eyes. They're not going to say nothing because they don't want to cause trouble. I'm like, man, kids, like, you're just making trouble for everybody. Just mask up. But I'm not saying anything. So I'm just like, I, I shouldn't say anything because it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't have time for this. I don't feel like doing this. I'm just going to let it go. But my kids want McDonald's, and I want pizza. So I go get McDonald's, and I walk over Two Bros. Right over here, I go Two Bros. And I walk into Two Bros, and there's a guy behind the, behind the counter. There's a guy at the counter, and he's laying into the guy behind the counter, like yelling at him, like tearing a strip off the dude. And he's like, he looks, and he sees that I'm in the, in the restaurant now, and he's like, man, if this dude wasn't here, I would jump over that counter right now, and I'd start beating the crap out of you, like all sorts of profanities, and blah, 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 yelling and screaming at the guy. And I'm like... If I'm worried if I leave this place right now, he might kill that guy. He might kill that guy. Like, he's that mad, okay? So I'm standing there thinking, like, how much do I need the pizza right now? <laughs> like, how much do I need the pizza right now? I could just leave and be like, this is not my problem, right? But I'm like, if I leave, I'm concerned that this, th this guy could jump over that counter and kill that guy. So, like, he sees me. He's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He sees that I'm there, and he turns to me, looks at me. And I'm like, dude, maybe you should just take the high road and, like, bounce. You know, like, just take the high road. Maybe, maybe it's not worth it. And he, he steps to me. He gets in my face, and he raises his fist. And I'm like, he's going to punch me in the face right now. It's going to happen. He's going to punch me in the face. So my heart is beating through my chest, and I'm just like, did I bite off more than I could chew in this moment? <laughs> but I was thinking in the moment, if I leave this place, that guy could wind up dead. I don't want that on my hands. Mm -hmm. So I'm standing there, and I'm just like, and it was just common, like maybe she's, you know, it's, take the high road, man. Like whatever he said, it's not worth two slices of pizza, man. Just, it may be best just to go. Gets in my face, yelling, screaming, not, not masked up, remember? So yelling in my face, get right up in my face, fist and stuff like that. Then he turns back, yelling at the guy, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, in a moment, you just yell at the guy, smashes the counter, busts all the glass, glass everywhere all over the pizzas. So they call the cops, right? So cops come. The guy's mysteriously turn the cops away. They're waiting in the cop car. So here's what happens. The guy starts to feel bad, turns to me, turns to me and says, I should have listened to you, man. I should have listened to you, man. And then leans in and starts to hug me. So he's crying. He's like, I didn't mean to do this. I'm not a bad guy. I'm like, man, you made a bad decision. He's like, I know, man. I was trying to talk you down. I was in your face. I should have listened to you. I was like, listen, man, just lesson learned next time. It takes a big man to walk away. It takes a big man to walk away. You don't care what other people think. It takes a big man to walk away in that moment. Not to throw a fist, to walk away. That's what takes a big man. Anyone could throw a fist. It takes a big man to walk away. Hugging me. You know, I was like, no mask on. I could, tell, I could smell the alcohol in his breath. His eyes were bugged out, right? And I'm just like, but you know what I did in that moment? By God's grace, I stepped in and said, you know what? Blessing is bigger than my convenience in that moment. Blessing is bigger than convenience in that moment. I could just be like, I don't need pizza, man. It's not... I can go somewhere else. There's a 99, plate, 99 cent store right around the corner. I can get some pizza there. Less drama. I'm, I'm sure of it. Blessing in that moment was caring for that man. 
And that's why I told him. Why did I step in and say something? Because I care about you. I know how this is going to go down. I know how this is going to go down. And it's not going to be good for you. That's what I know. Maybe it's convenience. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to step in. I don't want to have to dress it. I don't want to have to worry about it. I want to choose the easy way out because the hard way seems like too much. It's because God wants to do some things through the hard way. Things that I'm trying to avoid. Things that I'm going to keep falling into again and again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the right way. Not the easy way. Not the easy way. Okay. So this is what we need to remember. We hunger and thirst for things that won't satisfy. I want what's easy, what's convenient. I want what's mine. I want what's in the moment. I want what I can see. I mean, all those things. And Jesus tells us, no, blessing comes as you trust me, as you pursue me, as you listen to me, as you walk after me, as you get to know me. Blessing comes. And again, just as we think again, here's the concern. Some of us don't, don't get infected by this because we have a culture that has taught us a different way. But the North American white church has often thought of these texts as me. Blessed is me, right? Blessed is me, right? Every time you read in the scriptures where it says blessed are you, almost all the time in the New Testament, it's y'all, y'all. There should almost be like a southern, I mean, in the sense that y'all, right? Because no, most of us don't say y'all, right? But y'all, right? It's a collective pursuit. How do we change our hunger? It's not me and Jesus. It's us and Jesus. We need each other to help each other in our appetite. So the blessing comes not only as we pursue this together, we provide the example for whether we hold each other up, but we recognize that we're doing this together. We're helping each other change our appetites. Encouraging, correcting, modeling, all these things. Jesus wants to teach us together in this. Blessed are y'all who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because here's the last thing, right? I'm so concerned about me getting my blessing that I miss serving my neighbor. I'm so concerned about getting my blessing that I'm missing serving my neighbor. And, and the reality is I'm so concerned about getting my blessing that I'm missing God. I'm so concerned about God giving me what I want that I'm missing what he's actually providing. Think about that for a moment. I'm so concerned with God giving what I think is right in that moment that I'm actually missing what God is trying to give me in that moment. And what he's trying to give me is always better. Always better. Don't believe me? Try him. Try him. So we have to recognize this again and again. I'm so concerned sometimes, consumed with getting my blessing, that I'm losing sight of God and neighbor. Blessing comes as we pursue him. Trust in him. Get to know him. And the blessings will come. Not what we ask for. I didn't ask to sign up for a guy almost slugging me in the face and had two rows yesterday. That's not what I asked for. But what I got was the opportunity to interrupt that guy's narrative and provide an opportunity to show him that God loves him in that moment by sending someone who promised to provide him with the truth and love. So remind, we need to remind each other of that today.
But how do we get there? I'll go with questions at the end, all right? So keep it. Keep it, and I'll go back to it, all right? The last thing. How do we get there? How do we get to this place? How do we get to this place where I'm willing to step into those difficult moments, where I'm willing to go to God and say, what do you have for me? Even all the things I want, how do, you, how do I have this relationship with you? We are filled with the right meal. Filled with the right meal. That's part of what we're going to do in a few minutes. I asked if we could do communion again because this is the reminder. This is one of the beautiful reminders that we do each time we gather. We have opportunities to take communion together. And this meal is not just about the bread and the cup. It's about what it represents. What this represents is our trust in Jesus. We come to this meal and say, I'm satisfied in Jesus. I hope in Jesus. And so what this meal reminds me of is a couple of things. I'm loved not because of what I do. I, I, this appetite of, I, I need to earn, I need to do, I need to be on top of others, ahead of others, I need to be, you know, I need to be seen and recognized. God says, no, no, I love you because you trusted what Jesus did. I don't, you don't have to earn anything with me. So that appetite for recognition and being seen goes away when I know that I'm seen and welcomed and loved by God. How do I know? Because he gave me Jesus. Full forgiveness. Welcome into his family because I trust in Jesus. This table, this meal is a reminder. I don't have to earn God's love. I don't have to earn his love. Jesus did that for me. Jesus did that for me. This table is a reminder that I don't have to wonder what God thinks of me. How do I know what God thinks of me? Look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? What did he give? This, remind, this table is a reminder I don't need to fight to get my way because Jesus gave up his life so I could enjoy a relationship with the one who owns and knows and has all things. And he loves me. He wants what's good for me. This meal is a promise that God has and will make things right. He has and will make things right. And so the encouragement and reminder for us today, in a moment we'll take the meal, but the reminder is we need, again, to be, as if you are a Jesus follower in this space today, it's not enough to just read your Bible. Because Jesus tells us in, Matthew, in, in Luke 24, all scripture points to Jesus. The reality of who he is, what he says about himself, what he's accomplished, what he's provided, what he offers, the promises he fulfills, all these things. So every time we go to the scriptures, we have to say, where is Jesus in this? Every time we go to the scriptures, it's going to be a hunt for where is Jesus in this? And so we need resources, books, songs, all these things to saturate us to fill us again and again with who is Jesus? What does he say? What does he teach me? What is he about? That's the Christian life. Because my life is a response to the love of Jesus. What is God like? Look at Jesus. One of my favorite Bible teachers, J.I. Packer, went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago. He says this, the most well-worn parts of the Christian Bible should be the Gospels. The Gospels. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. That's why Jesus came. They were unsure of what God was like. What is God's love really like? What is God's kindness really like? What is his words really like? What, how does it feel to be near God? 
Think of Jesus. Who does he prioritize? How does he talk? Who does he spend time with? What does he say? What does he offer? Think of Jesus. Look at Jesus. When I fill my soul with these truths again and again, my heart finds rest. Rest. And I say this in the most loving, gentle way possible. I don't care about what you all think of me. I really don't. Because I know what Jesus thinks of me. And so because I don't care what you think of me, I want to love you with reckless abandon. And that means saying things sometimes that you're not going to like. Because I love Jesus more than I love you. But I love you with the love of Jesus that wants you to see that find your hope in Jesus. With a love like Jesus, I want you to know Jesus. That's what I want you to do. So I don't need to earn people's favor. I don't need to earn their recognition. I don't need to do things for people to like. I don't need to worry about all those things. How are they going to react? What are they going to think? What are, I mean, people joking about the socks I'm wearing now. You know, like, I love wearing that's. I know, it's fine. I, don't, I really don't care. <laughs> I really. Because I wear what I, I mean, I tell my kids this. Like, that one of the things, just basic, right? Just, this is basic. My kids like some, you know, clothing choices. I don't like, not, not inappropriate choices, just clothing choices. I wouldn't choose those choices. But they say, Dad, do you like it? And I say, it doesn't matter what I think. Do you like it? And that's all that matters. If you like it, that's all that matters. You know why? Because you're not earning acceptance from me. It's God's given you a vision for what you think you, you, you like, and do that. Do you. Do you in him. So we worry so much. I need to dress this way or think this way or act this way because I want this person to like me or because they'll accept me then. You've already been accepted by the king of the universe because of Jesus. You don't need to earn anyone else's acceptance. Now, that's not to live with reckless abandon. That's not to live unloving. That's not to be unkind. That's not to live prideful. But that's to say, God has given you a purpose. And you a vision. And you gifts. So I don't need to worry or fear or be consumed or concerned or fearful about what other people think of me. I trust Jesus. I do what he says. And he'll work the rest out. He'll work the rest out. Pursue his righteousness and you will be filled. You will be filled. And so do I have resources, songs, books, devotionals that take me to the gospel, take me to Jesus, refreshing me in the gospel. Every morning, I ask three questions as I read the scripture. What is this teaching me about God? What is this teaching me about myself? And where is Jesus? That's it. What is this teaching me about God? What is this teaching me about me? And where is Jesus? And if we don't have that where is Jesus thing, we're not, we're not done reading the scriptures. Because that's the point. The point is, where is Jesus? So what resources do we need to make sure that we're going to that meal again and again and again and again? Because that's where the power is. That's where the hope is. That's where the joy is. That's where the satisfaction is. That's where the hunger is met. So we're going to close by going to the table. As Jesus reminds us, and this table is for anyone who believes in him, trusts in him. And that, maybe you come in today, you're unsure. You can be sure by doing three things. Admitting you can't fix yourself. You can't change yourself. Admitting you are the problem. Jesus came because we are the problem. I get in the way of what God wants. I need to turn my life over to him. Admit, I am the problem. I sin. Believing in the finished work of Jesus. 
He lived the life we could not live and took the sacrifice that we deserved. Believing that. And committing to living a life that honors him. Not just making a decision right now. That's not what Jesus is after. He's not after you signing up and saying yes today. He's asking you to sign up and say yes for the rest of your days. For the rest of your days. One day at a time, but for the rest of your days. Committing to living a life for Jesus. With our help. You just heard, we're hot messes, right? Some of us have regrets about the way we raised our kids, the way we weren't there for the kids, the way things we would have done differently, things, all that stuff. We are all pursuing Jesus, committing to every day, saying, Jesus, I want to be better today. I want to be better today. I want to love you better today.